This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Sunday. Welcome to everyone watching on Twitch, Odyssey, or DLive. That's pretty much the only options you have tonight. I made jokes about YouTube uh, possibly giving me a strike for the Trump rally that we aired yesterday. They gave me a strike, but not for the Trump rally, for a video that's been on my channel for almost a year, or a version of the video has been on my channel for like two years. Somehow I was inciting violence with my YouTube trailer. Uh, a video that airs pretty much every commercial break here on this show. I would assume I got mass reported from some of the Trump supporters that were watching the rally last night. Phoebe, good evening. Simp, good evening. Glad to see you guys again after the debacle we've been having in the Discord. Debacle on the Discord. Listen to that alliteration. Debacle on the Discord with DM. Of course, it's DM causing fucking shit. He's, he's being a rape apologist. And then I pointed out that churches are nothing but organized pedophile rings. He's like, are you calling me a pedophile? No, I can't. I, I can't possibly be calling you a pedophile because I think you're an incel. <laughs> I mean, we've had some fun with him. I guess I've gotten some uh, don't 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 like a pod- No, 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 no. This show is called The Troll Patrol. I'm King Troll of the Internet. I I clearly enjoy this shit. I have the power to kick him and have it, and I keep engaging with him, so... That one's on me. That one's on me. I just... that the Rape apologist shit and transphobia, that's two things I'm not here for at all. And it will it will definitely put me in a bad mood and get me yelling at people. He is annoying. He is very annoying. And I'm amazed that he takes the abuse I hand out. He has zero self-awareness, or otherwise he wouldn't stick around for it. He wasn't transphobic. I'm just saying two of the things that I, I, don't, uh, I don't stick around for. And uh, if I had to guess, I'd say if we got on the subject, we could probably get him to say something transphobic. Just... Just throwing it out there. Not that he would think it was transphobic. He's just going to repeat the same shit he's heard Dan Bongino, Steven Crowder, all those numbskulls say. But anyway, we've got news to talk about. There is news tonight. It's not delivery, it's Dan Bongino. Good one. Good one. Unfortunately, it is just another day in mass shooting USA. We're going to be talking about a shooting that happened in Philadelphia. I believe somebody is still on the loose. Nine people injured. As of last time I checked, we will have an update when we get to it. Uh, A teen who killed her rapist has escaped custody. And I'm here for it. I'm rooting her on. An Idaho gubernatorial candidate has been convicted of killing a young Colorado girl. We're going to talk about an NBC News piece that aired on Friday about the Paul Pelosi attacker. 
I've watched the video. I have the video for you. The The story has been retracted by NBC News, and we're going to get to the bottom of why it was retracted, but it's helped fuel more right-wing bullshit conspiracy theories. Churches in Texas have been accused of violating the Johnson Amendment ahead of the election. This is not just a right-wing thing, though. They invited both Abbott and Beto O'Rourke to speak. So we're going to get into that as an investigation by the Texas Tribune and ProPublica. We're going to talk about something I've, I've been trying to make everyone aware of going into Election Day on Tuesday. We're probably not going to know the results on Tuesday night. We're not going to know who retained the House. We might know who uh, who has control of the Senate. Possibly, depending on uh, runoffs. Depending on runoffs, a couple of states might have to go to runoffs, which could mean it's January before we know who retains control of the Senate. RNC Chair Rona McDaniel, Romney, Rona Romney McDaniel, Mitt Romney's daughter, who is the head of the Republican National Committee, was on uh, CNN's State of the Union earlier today. So we're going to watch the whole thing. She apparently said a lot of bullshit. Bill Maher had a prediction about Trump in 2024. We're talk about that. Apparently conservatives have turned on Trump. Now, I did not hear this when we were covering the Trump rally last night because I talked over most of this shit. But apparently he has now dubbed Ron DeSantis Ron Sanctimonious or Ron DeSanctimonious or some shit like that. So already attacking Ron DeSantis. You hate to see it, right? And apparently, apparently the right wing is uh, turning on uh, him for that. Or at least that's what Fox News says. At least that's what Fox News says. Let me give you your meme of the day. We should applaud WWE on the changes they're making. For example, here is a woman driving in Saudi Arabia. I didn't even think about that watching the pay-per-view yesterday. Indeed, here is a woman driving in Saudi Arabia. Now, I thought this was match of the night. It all depends on, you know, what what your flavor of wrestling is. Which match you might... Because it could have been the, the tag team match was excellent. The reason I didn't like Roman Reigns and uh, Ron Paul... Not Ron Paul, Jake Paul, Logan Paul. Yeah, Logan Paul. Jake Paul is the one that had the fake fight with Anderson Silva. Logan Paul is the one that had the wrestling match, which is not fake, with Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia yesterday. And like, if you if you thought Rand Paul was bad, wait till you meet his other kids, Jake Paul and Logan Paul. Uh, Logan Paul did pull off what they call a a buckshot lariat. RB, good evening, my friend. I tried to send you a message on Facebook and let you know that we would not be on YouTube tonight. I'll get into that here in just a second. Logan Paul did a buckshot lariat which is the finishing maneuver of Hangman Adam Page in the uh, competing company. 
He learned it while working with Hangman Adam Page in Japan. Google Logan Paul Hangman Japan to learn more. <laughs> I saw that meme going around. That cracked me up. The thing that really got me about uh, but this whole thing right here is when there's a table set up at the bottom of the ramp and when they get to the bottom of the ramp, Bianca gets out and she like grabs Bailey by the arms and Bailey does like a flip and misses for the most part the table. Bailey like grazes the side of it and it looked like, you know, what put Shawn Michaels out for about four years. Hitting the side of the the table with your spine. Virtual wrong. Good evening. Dark Justin. Is it just my, my picture is Dark Justin or I've turned into Dark Justin? I've got the I've got the lasers coming out of my eyes and shit. It is kind of dark in here. It's not uh, my phone's over there. My phone's how I control the lights. I can't turn it up a little bit. I had um when I woke up this morning, there was cat vomit here, here over there so I had to turn the actual lights on to clean up cat vomit (laughs) alright now to the fact that you will not be seeing anybody from YouTube commenting tonight I have contacted YouTube they rejected my appeal so this is the message I get when I go to YouTube Due to community guidelines, strikes, or copyright issues, you can't live stream at this time. Now, uh, a freaking fucking around stream that we did about three or four weeks ago got me a warning. Uh, It said for deceptive spam, whatever, deceptive practices, spam, something or other. And I'm like, I have no clue. I was playing video games and listening to music. I don't know how that is deceptive practices, but they rejected that appeal. Last night I was a little worried about the Trump rally getting me a strike and almost took the VOD down. I go and I play Resident Evil with my buddy for a couple hours. I come back and it's like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and that's when I get the notification. Because I'd put, I'd even clip something from the Trump rally and put it up on YouTube. It was, I would never eat spam. I'm... When 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 I say I'm a picky eater, like I'm picky about like I don't eat processed foods and shit. Like I'm pretty I'm pretty into and I say that after I had the jambalaya and it had a sausage in it. Sausage good. It's spam and deceptive. It's both. So after I get done playing video games, I come back to this uh, community guidelines strike. So I think I was gonna put more shit up on YouTube. I think I, I oh I was gonna do a freaking news for this morning. I'd already cut the voiceover uh, for those, since you're not going to get to see it now, I guess. Or maybe I'll do it just for TikTok and Facebook and shit. Uh, at a rally, a couple, not the one we watched last night, but in Iowa, like on Thursday night, Donald Trump said that he had horrible kids. I was going to do a freaking news. I've already done the voiceover for it.
I'm I'm sure you guys believe me, but like I could just like I could pull it out. I could pull the voiceover out right now. Sky Comet, Sky Comet, thank you for the resub. I'm Justin Mullins, and this is the freaking news. Donald Trump organized a big celebration. Oh, that's the other one. Donald Trump has taken what appears to be a bizarre swipe at his own brood, as he told attendees at an Iowa rally. That and so the the song under it was going to be. Oh man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you are. Go pull out some Neil Young on that one. So I was going to do that last night after I finished playing video games, but I came back to a community guideline strike and I can't post anything to YouTube. Now, now, now. It wasn't because of the Trump rally from last night. It was because of my YouTube trailer. My YouTube trailer and it said um, content glorifying or inciting acts of violence is not allowed on YouTube we review educational documentary artistic and scientific content on a case-by-case basis limited exceptions are made for content with sufficient and appropriate context and where the purpose of posting is clear I have no idea I have no idea what the, uh, hold on, let me pull it up here. It's on one of these. I think it's the last one here on this one. Uh, The last one on this one. I took Seth Rollins out of one of them, so I felt like Seth Rollins played. It's this, it's this video right here. Not high enough for this shit. All we're establishing is this guy's wicked, sick aesthetic. What what violence am I inciting? Right-wingers are morons! And Alex Jones pop you up You brought there. back the wrong kind of fucking cake, you idiot! I mean, of the many times that Sparkles... I guess Sparkles, I gotta thank Matt Walsh for introducing me to Justin Freakin. Sparkles has threatened to slap the shit out of me multiple times on the stream, but I did. Uh, that's not in that video. Yet you're like, We're, we'll pray for somebody. You think you can telepathically communicate with a deity, and you have the audacity to say somebody else has a mental disorder. For the love of God. No clue what violence is contained in that video. Oh, almost guaranteed that it was mass reported. So I know for a fact that YouTube didn't actually put eyes on it. Because I appealed, and they did not have time to have put eyes on it and actually watch the video before they turned it back down. Star Craven, good evening. Yeah, that video that I just showed, my YouTube trailer, which has been up on my YouTube. That version of it has been up since uh, March, whenever, maybe February, whenever Matt Walsh did that shit. Thank you, Fuzzy Simba. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. YouTube says content glorifying or inciting acts of violence is not allowed on YouTube. They didn't review the appeal I have actually written into YouTube to the help center to talk to somebody. Uh, During business hours tomorrow, I will talk to somebody on show because my God, this is wrong. I shouldn't have even got the warning, but I let that one just uh, roll off my back. I've gotten an appeal reversed. 
I've actually lost my YouTube channel. Justin Freakin's YouTube channel had went bye-bye for a little bit. And I got it reversed. They gave me back two of the strikes and then gave me two strikes for something else. It was the weirdest goddamn thing. And then I lost the appeal on those two strikes. Or no, not two strikes. They gave me back a, a they gave me back all but a warning and then gave me two strikes on something else, so I had two strikes. That was in like October of twenty twenty one. So the strikes came off like January 4th or January 5th or something like that. So I just didn't broadcast. I just didn't broadcast on YouTube for a few months. And I mean, if we get to where I have two strikes and I'm going to lose the channel, I'm just not going to broadcast. I'll put up, I'll put up some clips I, I feel comfortable with. But I'll just wait out because, like, they the 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 strikes fall off in like three months. But the shittiest part about all of this is I am a political commentator going into election election season, and like it is it has been very uh, very lucrative for me and very very much my numbers are up on everything because it is election time and I am a political commentator so I can. I can show you my views over the last year here on YouTube. This is wild. And also, you know, I've tried to make changes to make the show more appealing. So, these these are my views over the last year. That spike right there is Matt Walsh. So yeah, it was a little middle of March or something. That's Matt Walsh. That's when Vosh name dropped me. That's when the Surf's name dropped me. That was the bump I got from that. This has been the election time bump. So YouTube hit me in the balls right at the wrong time here. He's kicking authority in the balls. Possibly because I'm kicking authority in the balls over here. And one of the one of the things because I have increased my engagement so much, because my watch time is up, I'm almost ready to earn a paycheck from YouTube. I am this fucking close from YouTube giving me money for the first fucking time. I probably would have done it this week, hands down. <laughs> so fucking close. I am this close from YouTube giving me actual real money in my account. Fuck you, YouTube. But also, I don't want to be like, you know, oh, it's censorship. Oh, they're censoring me for my views. I know what it is. It's a shitty automation system. They they don't want their advertisers on content that's offensive Ford doesn't want to advertise on my video where I'm talking about a, a genocide somewhere in the world, right? Or a genocide of trans people or a genocide of Palestinians. Ford don't want to be associated with that, so they don't want to put their their ads down here on my on my channel. And YouTube is trying to mold their creators to fit within their advertiser safe guidelines. Now, if you want to call that shadow banning, 
fair enough, whatever. But like, it's not because conservative views are being censored, but that's a great marketing tool for them now. It don't work when I say it. I said it to DM in the Discord earlier, like, oh, I was fired from those radio stations because of my left-wing views. He's like, oh, I find that preposterous, but yet he'll believe it when right-wingers like uh, fucking Steven Crowder are like, oh, YouTube is censoring me for my views. It's nonsense. So I, I, I know for a fact that that's not what it is. There has not been a person in YouTube, some nefarious cabal, puffing on a cigar, being like, we need to take this guy down because we don't like what he's saying. It is, it is some word I have said that triggered a, a, a bot... And it's probably because of last night, because of the Trump rally and everything, it was people that were Trump supporters, probably mass-reported mass several of my videos. And since it was my YouTube trailer, I, I have to believe that's the video they will show you next, right? If you, if you have never watched anything on my channel, you watch something on my channel, the next video it will show you is my YouTube trailer. Purposeful. So... I imagine there were were 400 and something views on the Trump rally before I took it down last night. These Trump supporters got shown my trailer and reported it. And uh, I I don't know what in the trailer could be considered violence. That's the story of why we're not on YouTube. It is not censorship of me because of my views. Maybe it's because I do talk about political content. I have to imagine that people that completely avoid politics and have, like, cooking channels and shit don't run into this kind of issue. But it is something that I'm going to have to put up with because I choose to talk about controversial issues. But I'm never going to go away. I'm diversified. You can see all the different platforms I'm on. You'll get your freaking news all this week, but you'll you'll have to get it from TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook... I try to put that shit everywhere. I try to smear my shit all over the internet. Now, I I won't be on BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, or anything this week because their interface sucks, and I'm not going to go to the trouble of putting my my content up there. They sync with my YouTube. I'm on any site that, like, like that, where, like, I'm getting... I get called Jewish all the time on those sites, by the way. Apparently, my nose people think I'm Jewish. I mean, I'm not. I don't, I'm not offended that people think I'm Jewish. You're that they think I'm Jewish. And also, I see quite a bit of anti-Semitism coming my way because they think I'm Jewish. It's right-wingers are fucking <laughs> I can't imagine what actual Jewish people go through. It's, I can't show you a lot of the comments that I get from BitChute. It's predominantly BitChute. For some reason, that's where I'm the most popular. Not popular on Rumble. But anyway, we've got news to talk about. I'm going to show you videos of the ongoing uprising in Iran where uh, the kids over there are kicking authority in the balls, which is one of my favorite things to do. He's kicking authority in the balls. They are knocking off the turbans 
of of clerics in Iran as a form of protest, and I'm here for it. Apparently, I got to talk about Kyrie Irving. We're doing sports tonight. I don't know who Kyrie Irving is. I don't know. Apparently, him and Kanye are on some anti-Semitism shit. We're going to watch an ESPN video that's hopefully going to explain to us what's going on. We're also going to hear from ex-MLB star Lenny Dykstra, who apparently thinks that Jill Biden showing up at a Philadelphia ball game cost them the World Series. And then something really based happened at Dodger Stadium, and we're, we're going to take a look at that. Plus, we may have gotten the last images from NASA's InSight probe that's on Mars, fortunately, but the, the, last, uh, the last image is kind of cool. Apparently, dust is going to cover it up. I look Jewish, but I'm not, I apparently look Jewish. Not offended by it, but I, it's just weird that so many right wingers think I am. I mean, what gave it away? The accent? I had never even seen a Jewish person in my life until I was like a teenager. <laughs> Uh, we, we just, we didn't have any Jewish people around. I was familiar with them from TV, though. (laughs) Alright, let's get to the news. This is enough, but I gotta, I gotta go ahead and tell you that the show's gonna start off kinda dark, so if you don't want the, the heavier shit, come back in about... 25 minutes. Then from there on out is pretty much electoral politics. But the first thing we gotta do is we gotta hit the content warning. Cause it's just another day in mass shooting USA. Hopefully we're gonna... Oh, this is a video so I might have to get us an update. This was a video from uh... A couple of hours ago out of NBC uh, News in Philadelphia, uh, where they were on the scene, multiple people injured in a mass shooting. Yeah, Francis, we know five of those victims are in critical condition, and police, they're still looking for the shooters. Uh, they actually say that three or four shooters have probably spotted someone in a crowd that they wanted to fire at, and then just started shooting at the crowd brazenly, not caring if they hurt any uh, innocent people, so the investigation obviously continues. But police saw this happen at around 10.45 last night over in the Kensington area. Multiple people got out of a black car and then just started firing at a crowd that was gathered on the sidewalk. A total of nine people were shot, five critical, four stable. All of the victims are adults. They were brought here to Temple University Hospital. Police, they don't have a motive yet. That's a part of the investigation. They're hoping anyone with information will speak out, and hopefully they're saying that will lead to the suspects. Um, but we have some brazen individuals in this city um, that don't care. Yeah, well, this kind of sounds like gang violence, if I had to assume, with there being more than one shooter and them just pulling up. Uh, I do not have an update past this. So this was about an hour ago. 
according to the timestamp. City um, that don't care. They don't care how many police officers are out here, and some of them don't care in terms of how many people are out here. And so uh, we continue to do what we need to do to try and get these individuals in custody. Now, as the investigation continues, police say they're going to be looking through surveillance video. They're hoping that'll help give them clues that lead to arrests. I'll send it back to you. I'm Miguel Martinez Valle, NBC 10 News. I I don't want to go that far to think that they, because like this real army, like I mean I under like it's a it's a viable thought unless you like my hundred dollars, my hundred dollar payout is just pennies compared to what YouTube is making, and you would think that me as a content creator, who they can look at and see, you know, how many hours of content. I, I do this show and then I clip the show, so it's like double. It's like eight hours a day of content sometimes that I'm putting up on YouTube. Don't they want me to continue to do that as opposed to try to shut me down for just pennies, pennies really, as to what they're making? That's I. Twitch is far better for creators, I guess, just because like Twitch has given me real money for quite some time now. And YouTube, I may see $100 within the next few weeks. Uh, Content warning on this one. We are going to root on the young lady who has been charged in this situation. But we are going to deal with issues of rape. An Iowa teen who killed her alleged rapist has now escaped custody. Piper Lewis could face up to two decades behind bars for violating probation. She was ordered to serve at a correctional facility. Oh, fuck. Iowa's sex trafficking victim who at age 15 killed her alleged rapist escaped custody on Friday violating the probation she was ordered to serve at a correctional facility after pleading guilty to manslaughter according to reports. Yes, somebody helped her escape to another country. Piper Lewis, who is now 18, could face up to two decades behind bars after this alleged probation violation. Authorities have issued a warrant for her arrest. Lewis pled guilty to voluntary manslaughter and willful injury for fatally stabbing Zachary Brooks Brooks, in a fit of rage in June of 2020. Lewis said that Brooks, 37, sexually assaulted her multiple times. Prosecutors and police have not denied that Lewis was trafficked and sexually assaulted. So why did you bring charges against her, you monsters? The prosecution contended that Brooks was sleeping when he was stabbed and that he did not present a danger to Lewis at that moment. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping they never find her. I hope that she is able to flee to another country. And that's one of the reasons why I want to bring attention to this story. You know, hopefully somebody hears about it and helps fucking get her to another country. Provides her the monetary uh, ability to be able to flee to another country. The sentence was handed down as a deferred judgment, meaning that if Lewis violated any terms of her probation, she could face 20 years imprisonment. After her alleged escape, probation authorities reportedly asked for the revocation of Lewis's deferred judgment and the imposition of her original sentence. 
This is alleged escaped unfolded around 6 a.m. local time on Friday. Someone opened a door at the women's correctional facility, which triggered an alarm. An on-duty officer at the facility allegedly saw Lewis leaving. Operation authorities also claimed in a report that Lewis's GPS monitor was cut off on Friday. I hope she had somebody on the outside helping her. I hope she had somebody on the outside helping her. Many of you are seen. If it, if any of you are, have seen her, no, you didn't. Ain't no narcs up in here. We're gonna go over to Idaho. This is this is me transitioning from crime stories to election stories. <laughs> it makes it a smooth transition here. A former Idaho gubernatorial candidate convicted of killing a Colorado girl who vanished in 1984. Jurors found Steve Panky, Pankeki? Panky? Steve Panky, 71, guilty in the disappearance and death of Janelle Matthews, authorities said. A judge sentenced him to life in prison with the possibility of parole. Well... Pretty sure you're probably not going to get parole if you're 71. Former long-shot gubernatorial candidate was convicted Monday of kidnapping and killing a 12-year-old Colorado girl who went missing nearly 40 years ago. Jurors found Steve Pankey, 71, guilty of felony murder, second-degree kidnapping, and false reporting in the disappearance and death of Jonelle Matthews in 1984. The judge then sentenced him to life in prison with the possibility of parole was Panky's second trial in the case. Last year, jurors were unable to reach a verdict on the kidnapping and murder charges, and prosecutors decided to put him on trial again. He was a neighbor of Janelle and her family when she vanished after being dropped off at her empty home by a family friend after performing at a Christmas concert in Greeley, Colorado. He emerged as a person of interest in the case three decades later. Shortly before Janelle's body was found in 2019, you're claiming to have information about what happened to her and asking for immunity from prosecution. Oh my God. They found her body and he's like, well, I have information about what happened to her. I'll tell you if you, if you uh, give me immunity. Yeah, don't work like that, motherfucker. There's a picture of that piece of shit. And it's, it's, it's people like him that make me sad that there isn't a hill for him to rot in. See the smooth transition crime stories to talking about the midterm political happenings. Moving now to... The, stir, the story that spurred conspiracy theories about the attack on Paul Pelosi was retracted by NBC. So, on Friday's Today Show, NBC News correspondent Miguel Almaguire had a report about the Paul Pelosi attack, and it's now been retracted. Almaguire's reporting contradicted what officials have revealed about the incident. Once again, I've got the video. I've got the video right here. Let's watch it, and then we're going to come back and we're going to read the story of why NBC News retracted this. 
Officers arrived here at the Pelosi home exactly a week ago today. They initially didn't have any idea exactly. Yeah, so once again, this was on Friday morning on the Today Show. Exactly what was going on. They knew they had a high priority call on their hand. What was unclear, what was happening inside the property just behind me. This morning, Paul Pelosi is home, back at the house that became a crime scene a week ago today. NBC News learning new details about the moments police arrived. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence now revealing when officers responded to the high-priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi, the 82-year-old. Now, as I understand it, it's this part that they're getting ready to talk about. Uh, they got this retracted. Not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was, say sources. According to court documents, when the officer asked what was going on, defendant smiled and said everything's good. But instantaneously, a struggle ensued as police clearly saw David DePap strike Paul Pelosi in the head Voodoo. with a hammer. After tackling the suspect, officers rushed to Mr. Pelosi, who was lying in a pool of blood. What we do know is he brutally attacked Mr. Pelosi and attempted to kill him. After spending several days in the ICU, Pelosi, who is recovering from a fractured skull and serious injuries to his arm and hand, is now home where Capitol Police remain on alert. Investigators have previously said Pelosi did not know DePap when the 42-year-old broke into his home. Why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers he was in distress is unclear. Fear takes over. Fear freezes people. This morning, the 82-year-old, lucky to be alive, after an intruder nearly killed him in his own home. That was the reporting done by NBC News on Friday. They retracted it. NBC News has retracted a story that aired yesterday. This was published on Saturday, I guess. About the attack on Paul Pelosi that spurred conspiracy theories about the assault, saying the Today Show segment did not meet NBC News reporting standards. The report by NBC News national correspondent Miguel Aguimar, which relied on anonymous sourcing, erroneously indicated Paul Pelosi answered the door to police officers prior to being attacked and gave no signal to law enforcement that he was in danger, instead walking back toward his assailant and away from police. The decision was made to remove the segment after it was determined shortly after it aired that the main source for the information was unreliable regarding the question of the circumstances that the police encountered when they arrived at the house. This is a person with knowledge of the situation who asked not to be named in order to discuss the reporting. BC specifically called into question what the police saw and how far the attacker was from the door they added. All McGuire's reporting contradicted what officials have revealed about the incident specifically that Pelosi was struggling with the attacker when they arrived and entered the home, having responded to his 911 call. Why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers why uh, he was in distress is unclear, the Washington Post reported Almgoire said in the now-removed segment. 
The attack on the husband of Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, has been the subject of intense scrutiny and unverified conspiracy theories, including that the 82-year-old Paul Pelosi knew his attacker, David DePap, 42, or that the two were engaged in a romantic or sexual relationship prior to the assault, which has been debunked by facts found in the federal affidavit. McGuire's reporting was quickly seized upon by conservative commentators who saw the report as proof the unfounded theories were true. I've even had them on my YouTube videos commenting. It was like, oh, there's more to the story. Fox News personality Tucker Carlson reported on the NBC segment after it was retracted, calling the now retracted details explosive. <laughs> the deep state got to the reporter indeed. The deep state got to the reporter. Churches in Texas have been accused of violating tax law ahead of Tuesday's election, experts say. This doesn't seem to be confined to Republicans. Churches in Texas invited Beto O'Rourke and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. I'm sorry, I misspoke. When I was headlining this earlier and I said Abbott, it was Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick to speak at their congregations before the 2022 midterm, raising questions about the effectiveness of the Johnson Amendment. Tax the fucking churches. Tax all of them. Texas gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who is seeking re-election, have been crisscrossing. And if you want to, I always hear the response to that was like, well, there's small churches out there that do good work and they're struggling. Okay, if you want to tax churches who have congregations of like 200 or more, okay, do that. Fine. Fair enough. I'll I'll meet your criticism. Because I have been to small churches that do good things. But once once churches get so fucking big, they they become businesses. Or you can yes, clinically, go off the value of the building. There you go. There you go. There are multiple ways we can approach this. Texas gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who is seeking re-election, have been crisscrossing the state in the lead-up to Tuesday's election, visiting mega-churches and smaller houses of worship packed tight with parishioners. The stops are part of a long-standing tradition for political candidates that often accelerates uh, as Election Day nears. Two Sundays ago, O'Rourke, a Democrat, and Patrick, a Republican, uh, visited different churches where pastors praised them and allowed them to give speeches about the upcoming election. This was in violation of federal law, according to tax experts. Known as the Johnson Amendment, the law bars tax-exempt organizations from intervening in political campaigns. At St. Luke Community United Methodist Church in Dallas on the morning of October 23rd, Pastor Richie Butler introduced O'Rourke to his congregation as the next governor of Texas. He needs us to get him across the finish line, Butler told parishioners. O'Rourke then walked across the stage where he gave a speech that would be familiar to those who have seen him on the campaign trail. He called for fixing the state's electric grid and expressed alarm over the high rate of school shootings and gun violence. If our votes are were not important, they would not be trying so hard to keep us from voting in this election, and our vote is how we overcome 
O'Rourke said, to, uh, told the crowd. The same morning, hundreds of miles away, Pastor Steve Riggle introduced Patrick to his congregation at Grace Woodlands Church north of Houston by saying the lieutenant governor is someone that God has given us at the very top. Patrick then took the stage and cast the election in stark terms. This is not a race between Republicans and Democrats, he told the congregation. This is a race about darkness and light. This is a race about power and principalities. And the devil is at full work in this country. I am the devil. I am here to do the devil's work. He later added, I don't even recognize the other party. It's been taken over by communists and socialists. Sir, the communists and socialists. I'm the bridge between the mainstream of the party and the communists and the socialists. The communists and the socialists wish they had all the power in the Democratic Party. Oh my God. Uh, call call your flying party bus with coke and hookers a church and you can have it. Mox. Mox. Good evening, my friend. So glad to see you. I'm not high enough for this shit. Just call your flying party bus a religion. Coke and hookers are a part of it. There are mixed cases through the courts of whether they acknowledge shit like uh, peyote uh, as a religious ritual. There's also, uh, there are many cases, right? So there are uh, municipalities that have laws against concealing a knife, yet there are Sikhs who is part of their religious uh, tradition to have a knife under their garments. This is like, you're never exposed to this shit unless you, like, go take classes on it. Like, you never find out, like, these are cases that happen in different places. Or the rights of uh, natives to be able to take peyotes, uh, peyote as religious rituals. The courts have had mixed rulings on these, right? So, because our courts are so slanted towards Christians, they, they tend to rule in favor of Christian religious liberties... And not so much in favor of other religious liberties. I, so I, I don't know enough about the peyote issue to be able to tell you about like restrictions and everything. Overall, I'm for the legalization of drugs, especially shit that's, that like grows in the ground. Man, fucking arresting people for having pot or mushrooms. That's just weird to me. Like, it's one thing if you're made, like, making meth is different. Like, like, meth should be treated like, I still fall on the, on the side of all drugs should be legalized. It was actually, I had way too much faith in economists because the very first uh, economics class I took, the first time I was in college, not the second time, 
when I actually went back and got my degree the first time when I was 18 and I flunked out. The first economics class I took, and it was, I think it was like the very first class, very first class I ever had in college, right? So the very first day, very first class, economics professor comes in and is like, if you want to reduce uh, drug deaths, drug usage, uh, the bureaucracy surrounding drugs, and the best course of action is to legalize all drugs, and he made his fucking argument for it. And I'm like, well, I'm here for this, right? Yeah, see, I don't know about, like, the poaching issue. Oh, it's one of those things that, like, maybe there has to be restrictions placed on it. Maybe there still needs to be a schedule to the drug where we we place this, this, and this restriction on it. Yeah, it only grows in one spot. That's right. But, like, if it was to be legalized, would people be able to grow their own eventually? Yeah, I know nothing about it. I mean, these tribes have been hoarding that shit. Yeah, like, so the stigma goes away. It, it allows people to be able to seek treatment without fear of being looked down on. It causes people, like... Pushing it underground causes people to OD. That's why I'm I'm very much in favor of safe injection sites. People don't OD in safe injection. How does the pro life party? And believe me, I know like the the rank and file Republicans like DM in my in my Discord over here that are voting Republican are voting Republican because they're not they're not educated on the issues. And they're not even open to being educated on the issue. And usually with Republicans, something usually has to happen to them. If you meet a Republican who's on the right side of a certain issue, it's usually like their their child has OD'd. And they under, they've had to understand the issue because it personally affected them. Not because they actually have empathy for other people. And not to begrudge them glad they're on the right side of the issue but like it's just amazing they can't open their eyes and try to put themselves in other situations and take in opposite viewpoints and then they accuse us of not doing it it's the weirdest thing they they take the fact that we mock them (laughs) For not being open-minded and then accuse us of not being open-minded towards them. And it's like, no, dude, I've heard everything you've got to say. I've heard Tucker Carlson say everything you're going to say. I've heard people, I've heard better orators than you say it. So I'm just like, I'm tired of it. That's why I just break down and call right-wingers morons. Lenny, good evening, my friend. I hope you are doing well up there in the south side of Boston. And you get some good chowder at this time of year, right? Like, you guys got excellent chowder up there. This is like the time for it, right? It's like the fall, early winter. Let me tell you, I love a good chowder. I love a good clam chowder. It's one of my favorite fucking soups. You were on some Cape Cod? Hell yeah. 
I and like here's the thing is I didn't like soup when I was younger, but I got a lot more. <laughs> I yeah, I can't do the I can't do the voice. I was hearing Sam Cedar. Gilbert also, yes. So I got a lot more soupy as I got older. Right? Like I didn't like soups when I was a kid. I like a good soup now. A good French onion. Give me a give me a broccoli potato soup. And last time I was sick, uh, Curiouser got some of that chicken tortilla soup. I fucking ate that shit. That shit was awesome. Make it. Good evening. Welcome back, Wicket. You got here just in time for a commercial break. We are talking soup. Yeah, I was. I was. I tried to do the commercial breaks at five till. Catch the commercial break. Make sure everybody on Twitch doesn't miss any of the content. You get three minutes, and then we we take a tinkle. We go refill our drinks. We come right back. So I was just talking. Somehow I got talking about soup. Beef bar. I've never had a beef barley. Now I've had a good beef stew before. You know my favorite soup is probably a lobster bisque. I fucking love lobster tomato bisque. Also good. So a tomato bisque a little bit sweeter than a lobster bisque. If you've if you've if you've got you a good tomato bisque, you've made you like a a turkey and cheese sandwich on the side. Holy fuck, you got yourself a meal. I I've never even uh, come across like a beef barley on the menu. Let's see what 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 does a beef barley entail over here? Uh, that's a good looking soup. Chuck roast, pearl barley, ribs, soy sauce, beef broth. This one had some Asian fish in it. Now I'm getting hungry. <laughs> it's just a it's just a beef stew with some extra grains. Hell yeah. I mean, like, fucking look at that shit. I'd eat that. That's a good looking. That's a good looking soup right there. <laughs> it's a fucking good looking soup. Korean ramen. Okay, like, does it have kimchi in it? That's the with the Korean food. Like, I, I, I'm always like avoiding the Korean Korean barbecue places. Because it smells like kimchi all the time. Oh, no, no, no. That's just some... Uh... Oh, that says kimchi on it. Well, see, I can't do... I can't do pickled anything. Pickled anything, just like... It ain't for me. I can't do the pickles. Yes, and it smells awful. I can't do pickles. I can't do anything that's been pickled. I can't. I'm. That's just a me thing. All right. So if you're watching on Twitch, you're going to get an ad break. I think I'm going to stick around and talk about some soup. I don't need to take a tinkle or anything. So if you're not subscribed, you're going to get an ad break. But we're just we're going to be chit chatting when you get back. And then we'll we'll talk about news on the other side. We got some fun shit like. uh uh, Iranians knocking off turbans of clerics, uh, Kyrie Irving, 
uh, we've even got the last image from the the NASA uh, Insight on Mars. So total fun on the other side of the break. You're on the Troll Patrol live. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just stick around. I don't have to tinkle. I'm sorry. I thought you two had replied to me, but they did not reply to me. Somebody on YouTube replied to something I said. Yeah, I don't... I can't do the... I can't do anything that's fermented or anything. I'm more of like a sweet taste, right? I like sweet and spicy. I can't do sour. I don't, I'm not a sour patch kid kind of guy. I'm not a sour foods kind of guy. I don't like the pickles. Like things that have been pickled. A weirdo. And apparently, pickles are amazing on chicken sandwiches, right? I love me some chicken sandwiches. I just, I can't do it. And uh, people apparently love the pickles on the hot chicken. And I'm down with some hot chicken, but I can't, mm, I can't do the pickles on them. I want I want to try shit. I want I just I don't have I don't have that that capacity for that palate. I know wicket. I know. I mean I I'm I'm not that piggy of an eater. I'll I'll eat a lot of things, but that that one flavor profile just it doesn't do it for me. And it's a blessing and a curse, I guess, because like people will be like, eat my pickles. I don't like whiskeys and scotches very much. Like I'll like if I'm gonna drink a whiskey or a scotch, I want it to be very uh very watered down in some Pepsi. I'm pretty good most wines I'm down with. When it comes to, when it comes to drinking, which I don't drink very much anyway, but when it comes to liquor, I I like a gin, I like a vodka. Um, <laughs> I do have an interesting story. Okay, so I told you I, I worked for one radio station, and they were like the the big radio station. Then I went to go work for another radio station. I was the news director there. Well, I had a Republican boss, and I hated it, and I quit. I ended up going and working for a newspaper. But my girlfriend at the time worked at the radio station I used to work for, and they were known for this fantastic Christmas party. And my girlfriend he like went and asked the boss, like, hey, is it okay if Justin, who has been fired from this radio station, is my date for, for the Christmas party? And they did. They told her it was totally cool. So I I go to this Christmas party, and uh, you know, the open bar, everything's cool. And I'm, I'm drinking like gin and tonic or gin and sprite or whatever the fuck the entire night. I go into the bathroom, and there is the the president of the company, my old boss. And I'd never really had a relationship with him the first time I worked at the station, right? Because I was like a part-timer. I wasn't there during business hours and shit. So he sees me in the bathroom and he's very drunk. You know, he's just putting his dick back in his pants. 
He turns around and he's like, hey, Justin, shakes my fucking hand and offers me a job in the bathroom. Said, I saw every time we would go to an event, uh, you know, you were there covering it as a news reporter for the other station, and we took notice of that. You were always there. He gave me the dick hand, yes. Matt Gates is coming on for TYT's election. Wow. <laughs> That's wild. So he offers me the job of news director of the station I used to work for. That's why I go back and that's that's where most of my stories come from of doing the news for radio. After I come back from the bathroom, I sit back down at the table. And cause, and remember, like I, I know everybody, right? So these are all my fucking friends that I used to work with before. <laughs> so I sit back down at the table and they've ordered a shot for the whole table. And it was, uh, it was, it was brownish, right? And I asked what it was and they told me it was tequila. Got a job in the back. Yeah, that sounds kinky. That sounds kinky indeed. You live in sexual anarchy. I sit back down. I asked what the shot was and they told me tequila. And I'm like, all right, cool. One bead of sweat ran down my forehead and down my nose. And I threw up all over that table because it was not tequila. It was rum. (laughs) It was rum and Justin doesn't do brown liquors well at all. So I get a new job. (laughs) And then go throw up all over the table. Apparently, like, it was a really high-class rum. Like, it was, like, the, like, top of the line or whatever. Well, the, uh, <laughs> you would think, right? You, would, I was lucky that everybody at the table was like, don't hold that against Justin. He had been drinking gin all night. They told him it was tequila. It wasn't. I like I had to apologize, so yeah, I still got the job, right? Because they they everybody went to bat for me. Because yeah, it would have looked like I was you know out of control or whatever. No, it was a couple years later I got out of control at the at the Christmas party. The same boss that gave me the dick hand, he must have really liked me. The one that gave me the dick hand, like I'm smoking a cigarette at the, this is Christmas party, like later on. I don't even remember which one it was because I was, had several of them, but like just holding my cigarette there and he leans over like he didn't smoke, but like, you know, he's one of those when he drank, he smoked, he just leans over and puffs on my cigarette. I'm like, who does that? (laughs) He must've really liked me though. Anyway, we got news to talk about. Welcome back to everybody who might have got a Twitch commercial. I told I told the story of getting a dick hand in the bathroom and then getting offered a job. Uh, let's talk about the midterm election that's coming up on Tuesday. On Tuesday. 
eight will decide control of the U.S. Congress. But determining a final winner could take hours after polls close, or maybe even days. There we go, days. The factor will be how, and how quickly, different states count what will likely be a mountain of mail-in ballots. The Washington Post on Sunday reported that the number of early votes so far cast exceeds the 2018 midterms, more than 39 million ballots. That is positive for Democrats. Some states, such as Florida, open mail-in ballots and load them into the tabulators ahead of election day to speed up the count. But others, such as Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, cannot open mail-in ballot envelopes until election day. Because Democrats vote by mail more often than Republicans, states that get an early jump in counting mail ballots could show large Democratic leads, a so-called blue mirage which then evaporate as vote counters tally Republican ballots cast on election day. States that are slower to count mail-in ballots could similarly show a red mirage as heavily Republican election day ballots are cast first before the mail-in votes are tabulated. All 435 seats in the U.S. House of Representatives are on the ballot, as well as 35 U.S. Senate seats and 36 governorships. The balance of power is close. Republicans need to pick up just five seats to form a majority in the House. And 30 to 40 Republican Senate. House seats. Wow. An early and massive red wave could lead to a Republican victory in a matter of hours after polls close. But key states like Pennsylvania have already warned it could take days to count every ballot. The first wave of vote tallies are expected on the East Coast between 7 and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. As polls close in the Midwest, control of the U.S. House could be clear by 11 p.m. Eastern. But if the fight still looks close as vote tallies come in from the West Coast, it could take a matter of days to know. California, Nevada, and Washington all count late arriving ballots if they are postmarked by November 8. The Senate may take even longer. If Georgia's Senate race is as close as expected and no candidate receives more than 50% of the vote, a runoff election would be scheduled for December 6. Okay, so yeah, last time it was like January 3rd or 4th. This time they're calling it December 6th for the runoff in Georgia. That's probably when we're going to know control of the Senate. Possibly, unless the Democrats do as well as I predict them to do and pick up more than one seat. I... I see Pennsylvania going for the Democrats. I hope Warnock gets 50% and we get this over with. But I have a feeling that's not going to happen. The RNC chair, Ronna McDaniel, Mitt Romney's daughter, who is a Trump supporter now, was on with CNN this morning. She is the RNC chair. So let's hear what she has to say going into the election. Washington, where the State of Our Union is hours away from counting the votes. We are two days from finishing a marathon of a campaign that's twisted and turned and is now coming to a close. Saturday, we saw three presidents in Pennsylvania, Biden, Trump, and Obama, trying to give a final boost to their party. Obama is one of the seats Biden that the Trump Democrats are trying to hold on to. political in the muscle ahead of a possible 2024 rematch. But in the closing days of this midterm race, outrunning history appears extremely difficult for Biden and his party. Democrats are playing defense in bright blue states, New York, California, Oregon, and Washington, while Republicans are on offense, feeling confident 
that a House takeover seems likely, and that a Senate flip is very possible. The polls, all of them, show Looks America's like they're already counting ballots in Nevada, so we should know that night. battle on kitchen table issues. So let's bring in a Republican who has been all across the uh, some semblance of a of an election is happening in the U.S. Revage, revage. So glad to have you here, my friend. Even though I'm sure I'm fucking your name up, and I think we went through this last time you were here. Badge. <laughs> no, that sounds horrible. You live in sexual anarchy. The country preparing for Tuesday night. Here with me now is the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee, Ronna McDaniel. Thank you for coming on and thank you for being here. It's nice to see you in person. I'm a horrible so, person. What are you seeing right now? Do you think that the Republicans, your party, are going to take the House, going to take the Senate? And how many seats do you expect? Well, what you just said in your opening, voters are very concerned about inflation. And I think it's broader than inflation. It's rent, it's groceries, it's can I buy a new car because interest rates are so high? People are really, really struggling right now. That is by far the number one issue I hear, along with crime, is a big issue. And for me personally, and I think a lot of moms and parents out there... Does being a vegetarian mean you don't eat veg? With the oh, wait a pandemic. minute. You said veg. Oh, never mind. I, feel I, I fucked your joke up. I'm sorry, RB. We're going to take back the house. I focus on two numbers, five and one. Five to take back the house, one to take back Would the Would you Senate. do both? I think, yeah, I do think we will win both take back the House and the Senate. I think we'll take back the House and the Senate. So you mentioned the economy and inflation. If you win, Republicans will actually have it. Yeah, what the fuck are you going to do? Do something yeah. about those problems. Inflation isn't just an American problem. It is a global problem. So how specifically will Republicans lower inflation? So Kevin McCarthy's put out a plan, and I think the first thing is energy independence. We have those resources here. We've been energy independent before Joe Biden cut the Keystone Pipeline day one stopped um, drilling on federal, federally leased land. Well, can these if motherfuckers shut up about that stupid pipeline? Everything you do takes gas and, and money or, or diesel to get to where it needs to get, which is will that inflating have, the cost. Will that have an, an immediate effect on people's pocketbooks? We hope so, but I think the other thing is we need a president. Well, I think I think the polls are skewing towards Republicans, and we, we, we saw that. We went back to the House uh, and the Senate. We had reporting the other day to that effect. to Joe Biden. We want you to work on behalf of us, and we want you to work across the aisle and solve the problems that we are dealing with. Bill Clinton did that, right? After 94, when he lost those midterms, he came. You know, the, the, the polling for months were showing the Democrats ahead. And then just all of a sudden in the last month, things turned. And like I, I have to chalk it somewhat up to Republican messaging. They're trying to excite their base. They're trying not to depress their base. One of the things you got to read between the lines, right? So when we were watching the Trump rally last night, we had this uh, this dude who did an infomercial beforehand where he was like really concerned about making sure everybody gets out gets out to vote. So if they're concerned about shoring up their base in Texas, which is where he was from. I I have to wonder are these polls that reliable for them, right? And we've seen Republicans go to extreme lengths to cheat already in this election. Why would they try so hard to cheat if they were so certain they were going to win? So 
I still think um, I still think the Democrats are going to retain control of the Senate, and I think it's probably likely that the Republicans win the House. I think this is the most likely scenario. But I think the Democrats are going to overperform the expectations set at this moment in time right now. Whatever the whatever the common beltway wisdom is that Ronna McDaniel and CNN are operating on. Came across and said, let's work together. It'd be interesting to see if President Biden does Absolutely, that. and that requires a two-way street. Yeah. Will Republicans be willing to do the same and not just... I mean, that's all Biden's done we is tried to, to work with we Republicans. We work on behalf of the American people. You know, Dana, I don't live in Washington, D.C., I live in Michigan. I talk to people every day. I talk to restaurant owners who are desperate to find labor. I talk to families who are dealing, including mine, with these education deficits, uh, with our kids being locked down. They really want to see government start functioning. Republicans will be a partner. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about what's going on now. You're the. Oh, we know you support Trump. That makes perfect sense. Underway across the country. Thirty million people have voted. Exactly. Here's some of the things though, that, that is going on. In Arizona, we've seen right-wing activists with guns and video cameras at drop boxes. In North Carolina, Reuters is reporting officials are tracking more than a dozen instances of potential intimidation or interference. And in Michigan, your home state, one group is encouraging people to set up cameras. Now, 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 don't, don't yank my chain. You can't say everyone loves him. We we know that there are, are mass pockets of Russians who Russians are just as diverse opinion wise as any other population is gonna be, and there are pockets of, of Russians that have protested the invasion of Ukraine, that protest Putin and his corruption. You know, going all the way back to you know, fucking pussy riot is Russian. And they are definitely not in favor of, of Trump. So don't yank my chain. You can't make hasty generalizations like that and say everyone loves Trump because that's just not true. First, what's your message to people intimidating voters? Well, nobody should be intimidating or breaking the law. Nobody should. But poll watching is not intimidating. If you're following the law, we've sent out guidance. This isn't happening from the RNC. We send out guidance to our poll watchers. I think what a lot of people don't know is the RNC couldn't do this for 40 years. We were under a legal order that we couldn't have poll watchers, and now we can. The Democrats have always had that. I think that's really imbalanced. Um, but if you've been at a poll place, Desiree, good evening. Disabled. Yes, Trump for president of Russia. And it helps us at the end give... Uh, assurance to the voters say listen we were there we watched it it went well i think there's other things we should do like voter ID. i am seriously trump 2024 russia we want trump as the russian president that makes perfect fucking sense can we do that can we make that happen i think trump would be happy with that I Trump would would like that. I think Russia would like that. Um, fucking Putin might even like that. Yeah, I think we have just we we might have just like solved world peace. Trump is president of Russia. That might just be that might solve everything in this world. <laughs> Can we make this happy? Best idea yet. Thank you, Cicero. You've been lurking this whole time. You came out with a banger. Trump 2024 Russia. Yes. Ooh, 
voodoo. Voodoo hit me with the reality. Oh my god. Yeah, I forgot about them being a nuclear power. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. That puts a that puts a that puts a wrench in the plans. Well remember Lenny, I had to I had to bring up the, the, the P tape. Fuck it up. I would, well, I'm, my assumption of Ru- of Trump being president of Russia is just that he would fuck it up. <laughs> I surely, but then, uh, but then again, maybe, maybe the oligarchs of Russia would like him as a figurehead. Who knows? Who knows? That might, it might have been a bad idea. <laughs> sounded, it sounded good at first. I, I've got to I've got to remind everybody of what the P tape accusation actually is. Trump is a germaphobe and apparently like would never let somebody pee on him. Unlike Dan Crenshaw, who one of these days is gonna let me piss in that open eye hole. Give me that eye pussy, sir. Trump was accused of having hookers piss on a bed that Obama slept in in Russia. <laughs> so Trump had thought that Obama defiled the bed, so he had he watched hookers piss on the bed. Sex workers. Some be, some people uh, like producer Dave got on to me about using the word hooker, and I don't find it derogatory. Like, uh, but this, this is one of those things like. I think it comes from carny slang, but I'm not actually sure. I've never looked up the etymology of the word hooker. We might need to do that here on the show. We like learning things. But I'm assuming uh, that it comes from, like, uh, in shoot fighting. Back So wrestling used to be real, real. So, and they were they were called shooters. This We're talking like 100 years ago in the carny days, right? 120 years ago. And someone who could shoot was called a hooker. And they were they were really good at taking down uh, other wrestlers. So if you so you would put together matches and they would make more money from working but like there were still people who would not go along with the work. So, no, out hookers and ringers. I'm just like I'm assuming it comes from Carney lingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where hooking. That's where Mark comes from. Clinically, it comes from it comes from the Carney days. So your fans watching watching uh, wrestling or watching Strongman or whatever the fuck they're doing, those are your marks that you that you hook. But also, like, the shooters in wrestling were called uh, hookers. They were some of the most prestigious. So I'm just assuming that it comes from the carny lingo, right? So I don't I don't see the negative connotation to a hooker. I appreciate hookers. I think a hooker is a certain kind of sex worker. 
how in the world did we get on this subject? Ronna McDaniel, Romney, Romney, McDaniel, Romney. 80% of the Americans, the American people think Romney, Ronna McDaniel. We show our Let's ID talk about what you're doing right now because you mentioned that the RNC, you have a very we big do. organization uh, of poll watchers out there right now. But I just want to go back just to sort of underscore. Indeed. What I just described could continue. You live in sexual in a, anarchy. In an way. You can call that being sex positive. Republican in this country right now. Your message is do not break the law, do not attack or intimidate people who are trying to In vote. any way, shape, or form. I don't think that should be done at all. Also, don't intimidate our poll watchers because we're having that right now, too, where our poll watchers are not being allowed to meaningfully observe. That's an important part of our democracy that both sides, Democrats your poll watchers, should be able to meaningfully observe so that we can go out and say, listen, we saw it and it went well. And you're trying to recruit poll watchers. We have. You've been on Steve Bannon's podcast uh, multiple times and you are asking him. On Steve Bannon's podcast. And his his listeners to help recruit the poll watchers. Um, Is there any concern about using that outlet on this issue when it comes to potential for harassment? No, I, I'm never telling people to harass. No, of course or, you're not. No, I'm not, I would never do that. I'm saying, please go sign up. It's the number one thing I hear across the country uh, for my voters. I'm very concerned about the election. I want to make sure it's fair and transparent. So the best way that people can get engaged is go, go to protectthevote.com, and we teach you, you train you. Every state has a different law, so we put them through the training uh-huh. so that they can meaningfully observe, but we absolutely want them to abide by the law, um, and if they don't, then they shouldn't be allowed to do that. And that's your message that's on that my podcast message. to that to that audience, Always. this audience, and everybody. anybody who signs okay. up with us, we uh, tell them to do that. I want you to listen to what Republican Senator Ron Johnson said on whether he oh god, we're going to hear some bullshit. I sure hope I can, but I can't predict what the Democrats might have planned. Um, you know, we're not trying to do anything to gain partisan advantage. We're just doing whatever we can to restore confidence. So simple yes or no. Should Republican candidates, Ron Johnson, all of them, accept election results? Well, I would say the same to Stacey Abrams, right? Or Hillary Clinton, who's already saying in 2024 we're going to rig the election. That's not helpful. Listen, you should have a recount, you should have a canvas, and it'll go to the courts, and then everybody should. Did she just say that Hillary Clinton said in 2024 we're going to rig the election because what? Same to Stacey Abrams, right? Or Hillary Clinton, who's already saying in 2024 we're going to rig the election. That's not helpful. The fuck is she talking about? Except election results. Well, I would say the same to Stacey Abrams, right? Or Hillary Clinton, who's already saying in 2024 we're going to rig the election. That's not helpful. Listen, you should have a recount, you should have a canvas, and it'll go to the courts, and then everybody should. Oh, she actually she did say that. But I'm also not going to say if there's problems. I thought she meant that Hillary Clinton is saying that the Democrats are going to rig the 2024 election. That sounds absurd to me. If she's accusing. The Republicans have already tried to rig 2024. That's very plausible. We have seen how they're trying to take over Secretary of State's offices. We shouldn't be able to address that. If there's real problems, everyone should be able to address that. And and I think Ron Johnson and Stacey Abrams, in the end, once all their avenues are exhausted, right. they'll they'll accept the results. But so, but you're saying pronouns, pal. Important. For example, I'll just tell you what. Joe O'Day, one of your, uh, I think what the Republicans consider a star star candidate in Colorado, he's running for Senate. He said 
After the process is done and the votes are counted, I'll absolutely accept the outcome. It's time for American leaders to start acting like adults again. Is that what you want to hear? He's running in a very blue yeah, state. That's what Ron said, too. No, he didn't. I, I no, he didn't. Saying... He said that he's predicting that Democrats... Uh, are going to be well, involved not, in things, but which we're going to pursue fair. problems. If you have a problem, like uh, I'll give you an example in Virginia last year, they wouldn't let people vote who weren't wearing a mask. That's not the state statute. So there were people actually being denied voting because they didn't have a mask on. That wasn't the law. So because I don't remember hearing about that at all. Quickly called the election officials in the state of Virginia, and we got that fixed. But we need to have that ability to fix it. And every elections run differently at the county level, at the precinct right. level. So we want to make sure it's run fair and transparently, and then we'll let the process play out, and then we'll accept the results. Okay. That's exactly what I was just going to put a button on. When the process is played out and the votes are canvassed and certified, every one of your Republican candidates will accept their results, even if they lose. They will. And here's what I'm going to say, too. Everybody's talking about this election denier. This is the language I just heard it on the segment before. Democrats, I have 150 examples. I've got a 10-minute video of Democrats denying elections from 2000 to 2020. This no, is not you don't. What people are caring about right now. And let me tell you what they are worried well, about. Our commander-in-chief, Joe Biden, going in front of the American people and talking about this and saying, oh, look at this, these issues with election deniers. Well, here's what the Democrats are. They're inflation deniers. They are crime deniers. They're education deniers. But this is literally a, okay, but this is but this I, is not what the American people are talking about. They're I, not talking. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to have. I, but we're, they're not we're voting on that. Okay, we're, we've been having, and I just did this, and we are doing so many uh, reports about the issues, which is important. But, but I'm talking to you, but to Dana, But I'm talking to you as a Republican national. Election yeah. for the president of the United States to give a speech and not talk about inflation, to actually say it's good, to not talk about gas prices, to say that crime Listen, doesn't I'm not exist. here. I'm not a, I'm so not, they have become crime deniers, inflation I'm not deniers, here. Okay. and education deniers. Ronna, I'm not, I'm not that's a... that's the big I am not, I, I'm not a spokesperson for I know, anybody but, and for them, but I will just say that that was a speech, and they're out giving other speeches. I want to talk about... I wish that's He's out giving other speeches. I don't want you to put yeah. me in a position of, of having to defend them, but I'm explaining, yeah. and I'm giving you the facts. And yeah, the fact is, that is one and speech, and he's giving other speech. I want to ask you about Donald Trump. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm saying we're going to accept That's the headline. But here. here's what I would say to Joe Biden. Can you please accept that inflation has risen on your watch, that kids have deficits on your watch, that are I want to ask open, about that fentanyl's coming across? I want to ask about Will looking you forward. That crime is rising as your, as your uh What, what does that mean? So important as the sure, chair yeah. of the RNC, uh, Donald Trump, he is uh, already saying that he is going to run again. The RNC has paid more than $2.3 million to law firms representing him in his legal battles. If and when he does announce, announce will you stop paying his legal fees? We cannot pay legal bills for any candidate that's announced. So these are bills that came from the Letitia James lawsuit that started while... Hold on, Arby. It'll, it'll be over in a second. ...committee for our former president that this was a politically motivated investigation, and that's what it's been so for. So no more. But we cannot. We cannot do in-kind contributions to any candidate. Right now, he's the former president, being attacked from every which way with lawsuits, and he certainly raised more into the RNC than we've spent on these bills. Will he announce soon? I don't know. Do you want him to announce soon? <laughs> I, I am only focused on okay. 2022. <laughs> I, my mind can't even go there. I don't even know what I'm doing for Thanksgiving right now, let alone thinking about 2024. Rhonda McDaniel, thank you so much Thanks for coming for on. Me. I really appreciate it. The RV, that wasn't too much longer. And she did have a nice scarf on. So if you had to watch Rhonda McDaniel, 
At least she had a nice scarf on. Her last line of questioning that she took from Dana Bash there was about Trump and his 2024 plans. Apparently, Bill Maher has a bit of a uh, prediction about Trump and his future. I have no clue what he's going to say, but let's find it out. It is going to happen. If, if Let's assume both houses go go Republican, where there's, there's a well, fair chance. Well, this is what I was saying at the end of my show Friday. I felt the audience was stunned, as they should be. Um, but they shouldn't be, because it's been going on for a long time, and I've been saying it for a long time. Yes, I mean, uh, unless there's a, 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 a oddity with the polling, it's going to be a, a very good day for the Republicans. Um, as we both have mentioned, um, the majority of Republicans running for Congress, for, for Senate, for House, and for state, state houses, the people who are going to decide who is the president in 2024 are election deniers. They don't believe in this crazy idea that the guy with the most votes wins. So what happens in 2024 is Trump is going to try the coup. Well, I mean, technically, in this country, the person with the most votes doesn't necessarily win. The system is literally set up to be like that, unfortunately. And pointing that out isn't being an election denier as like Ronna McDaniel tried to insinuate. He tried in 2020, which was plainly an attempted coup. There's no other way to look at it. But this time he's going to have in place this army of deniers who will support him. And he is going to show up. I promise you, I will bet every money, bit of money I have, he will show up on Inauguration Day on 2025, whether he's the winner or not. And then we'll see what happens. And then we'll see how much we look like other countries that we thought, oh, that could never happen to us. Yeah, it could. And, yeah, it could. And he may have thousands of people with arms. As he did. Well, that's a wild prediction. That even if he lost the election, he would still show up on Inauguration Day in 2025. I, there's no mechanism for him to be able to take... I mean, I guess what he's saying is that the Republicans might reject the results in that instance because they would hold the House and the Senate. I... (laughs) Surely... And don't call me Shirley. Surely... The courts would prevent them from doing that. Surely... I can't... I can't imagine a scenario... Where they were actually able to pull it where it's clear that Trump lost and that they pulled some kind of shenanigans afterwards. Yeah, if there if there's a holdup of the of the election results and the speaker becomes the president. It mocks his bringing up 20 in 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 2000, but once again that's it came down to just that one fucking county. Uh, like there was, there is no way that there can be a question if, if like there's a scenario in 2020, like Joe Biden won multiple states, there was no path. Um, I don't know. Doesn't your mom have like 30 murders every weekend? (laughs) Oh shit. 
Apparently, conservatives are turning on Trump because of what he said during his rally that we watched last night. Apparently, I was talking over it. I don't remember him saying this. Some conservatives turn on Trump for attacking Ron DeSantis ahead of the midterm. DeSantis is among the most popular and successful Republicans in the country. Now, we did watch him uh, uh, spout off about polling. He was showing it up on the screen. Do we have the clip? Today, I have the highest poll numbers I've ever had, perhaps... Partly because the Democrats are doing so badly running our country and people want our tremendous success of no inflation, energy independence, military victory. Remember, I defeated ISIS 100%. Remember? Al-Baghdadi and so many other things, including... Highest poll of the ass. But we have the best poll numbers. Where are they? Are they putting them up in this... Oh, absolutely. Gore won Florida in 2000. And, what, and pointing that out for Democrats is also not them being election deniers, as Ronna McDaniel. Trump, I'm, I'm fucking her name up uh, not on purpose this time, I swear. Craylio, good evening. Well, we're putting them up. We're winning, we're winning big, big, big in the Republican Party for the nomination like nobody's ever seen before. Let's see, there it is, Trump at 71 Ron DeSanctimonious, uh, 10%. Ron DeSanctimonious, yes, we, we heard him say that, but I didn't hear him say Sanctimonious. I did not hear him say Ron DeSanctimonious. Because we were actually making fun of the fact that they that he had, like, visual aids and shit. Actually, better than I thought before. Let's see, there it is, Trump at 71. Ron DeSanctimonious at 10%. Mike Pence at 7. Oh, Mike's doing better than I thought. Liz Cheney, there's no way she's at four percent. Well, the polls are fucked up, aren't they? Run to sanctimonious. I was watching a TYT clip the other day. Uh, I don't remember what clip it was, but John Iderola was talking about. He really wanted to, like, it was John and Anna debating whether Trump would run in 2024. and Or or maybe whether DeSantis would run if Trump decided not to run. And and John talked about, like, I would love to see him tear up uh, Ron DeSantis. He would come up with the best nickname for him. By God, fucking. (laughs) John was right. Run to Sanctimonious. Oh, you think it's a failed nickname? Oh, shit. No, I like it. I like it. I think you did a good job. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. It didn't impress Mox. Mox was not impressed. Maynard was not impressed. <laughs> I love that cat. He always looks at me like nothing impresses that cat. He... Like, nothing. Nothing impresses that cat. Oh, buddy. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> You've got it backwards, not your average guy. DeSantis doesn't have a shot if Trump runs. But now, like, I will I will tell you that after watching the Florida debate between former Governor Charlie Crist and Ron DeSantis... DeSantis is slick, man. That debate scared the shit out of me. That motherfucker is well-polished. 
I didn't I didn't think I didn't think he was that good of a public speaker, but my god, did he nail it. I I I've told this story a couple different times. Like he told like this this fantastic personal anecdote about the like the policy of uh tax-free shit, like tax-free baby wipes and diapers and milk that he was going to institute. And then his wife was like, hey, we've got a newborn. Why didn't you do this your first year in office? And like, he's looking right at the camera. He's like, you live and you learn. He got a great laugh out of it. I'm like, my God. That's scary good. As a communications person. And most Republicans don't fucking have that. And I totally did not think that, that DeSantis had that. I thought that was something you can't teach, but man, maybe maybe he's learned it. He's got clown fash vibes indeed. He's, he keeps hinting at a, a November 14th. Oh, that's, that is the day he's supposed to testify or the, the expiration of testifying before the committee or some shit? Oh my God, is he hinting that he's going to announce his run during the testimony at the January 6th hearing? Have They they have not agreed to that, as far as I know, right? He said he would testify if it's televised. Or at least that was the rumor. And I'm all for it. Bring out the popcorn. Let's watch it. Well, I mean, he doesn't have a choice, but he can, can he can challenge the subpoena. And there would at least be a delay with the with the court process. And then they could they could just I mean, so what you're looking at is they could refer the 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 criminal referral to the DOJ from the January 6th committee. And if he's announced, like, you know, the DOJ has the the policy of not uh, uh, interfering in political candidacy, but that's uh, that's another reason why I think he's he's playing this. You wouldn't be surprised if maybe this motherfucker is indicted this week. Okay, so here's the thing is, it wouldn't surprise me if there is already a sealed indictment against Trump somewhere. And now it's just a matter of the timing. And if he's going to force the DOJ's hand that, ha ha, I'm going to announce on the 14th. I would say a Friday, they're going to pick a Friday, but also it's going to, it's going to be determined about like where they're going to arrest him or where. Okay. So this is the thing that's going to be wild, right? So the DOJ will give him every opportunity to not be perp walked. They have been over backwards for him right now. So if there is an indictment unsealed on him, they're going to try to communicate with Trump's legal team and get him to come and turn himself in, take his booking photo, 
post whatever bond they might have for him and then walk out. Suit and tie on, no handcuffs, no nothing. They are going to do everything in their power to make that happen. But me knowing Trump (laughs) would assume that he is going to do everything in his power to make sure that doesn't happen. And that he's probably going to make them come in and take him out in handcuffs. And that's a, that's another thing, guys. They're like, be prepared. We could be entering unwa- uncharted territory here. And this, well, I mean, not really, because Eugene V. Debs, um, Trump could mount a uh, political campaign from being under house arrest if they consider him a flight risk, or from a federal facility somewhere. I don't think he's in prison yet. He hasn't been sentenced yet, has he? Uh, I think the sentencing is here in a couple weeks. I think that motherfucker is still doing his goddamn talk show. (laughs) Goddamn Steve Bannon is still doing the pandemic war room every afternoon. Guy comment. Good evening. We like your front and your back. He didn't even get two years, did he? He got like six months. Am I wrong on that? I don't. I don't know. I don't know what you mean by nothing uh, will happen. I mean, this. This is. They have thrown people under the prison for the shit Trump has been accused of. And he has multiple criminal investigations at this point. Like, they've given him every off-ramp possible. And he has just pissed in their eyes. Kind of the way I want to piss in Dan Crenshaw's eye hole. It was four months. That's why I, 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 I was thinking six months. But yeah, four months. Like, that sounds about right. Uh, that's not the way average people uh, would be treated. Most people would be put into jail until they agreed to testify. But no, not Steve Bannon. No, he's just got to go serve four months. Adam Schiff says any criminal referral for Trump by the January 6th committee should be decided unanimously. But I mean, it it seems to me that Kinzinger and Cheney have both signaled they're willing to uh, make a criminal referral. This would be yet another criminal entanglement for Trump. As someone who handles classified information on a regular basis, I do want to get your reaction to something Donald Trump said this week. Take a listen. There doesn't have to be a process, as I understand it. You know, there's different people say different things, but as I understand, there doesn't have to be. If you're the president of the United States, you can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified, even by thinking about it. 
Is that how it works? Well, mo- most people that refuse to testify and are held in contempt have to go to jail until they testify. They are held until they testify. Sir? No, that's not how it works. Those comments don't demonstrate uh, much intelligence of any kind. Uh, if As someone who handles oh, classified information on a regular basis, I do want to get your... I hate it when As it someone doesn't who handles- uh, If you could simply get the CIA director... Uh, to a visiting Russian delegation or any other delegation and simply say, well, I thought about it, and therefore, uh, when the words came out of my mouth, they were declassified. Uh, No, people work hard to get that information. People put their lives at risk to get that information. That information protects American lives. Uh, And for him to treat it so cavalierly uh, shows both what a continuing danger the man is, uh, but also uh, how very little regard he has for anything but himself. Indeed. That's all he cares about is himself. I believe they call that malignant narcissism. But moving on from Trump, we don't talk about Trump that much. We do the news around here. This is something I've been wondering about for a while. But now the administration is openly stating this, according to a Wall Street Journal report. Senior White House officials involved in undisclosed talks with top Putin aides. Jake Sullivan has had confidential discussions with Russian counterparts amid concerns over escalation and nuclear threats. When the Progressive Caucus came out with their perfectly reasonable letter like a week ago, two weeks ago, and they got smacked down by the centrists in the Democratic Party, I was very upset, and the only excuse that I I felt that the Democrats had was if the administration was deep in some kind of talks. It was the same thing back when uh, Dennis Rodman wanted to go over to try to free Brittany Griner. And the administration told him not to do it. The only, the only, and this has been months ago, that's what upsets me. The only rationale is that the administration was were deep in talks with Russia for some sort of an agreement. Now we are getting signals that an agreement is possible. President Biden's top national security advisor has engaged in recent months in confidential conversations with top aides to Russian President Vladimir Putin in an effort to reduce the risk of a broader conflict over Ukraine and warn Moscow against using nuclear or other weapons of mass destruction. U.S. uh, and allied officials said, the official said the U.S. National Security Advisor has been in contact with Yuri Yushikov, a foreign policy advisor, and it's stopping me from reading the rest of it. Hold on, let me go to a different browser. Asked whether Mr. Sullivan has engaged in undisclosed conversations with Mers, Mezers, Yushikov or Pashikov, National Security Council spokesperson Adrian Watterson said people claim a lot of things and decline to comment further. The Kremlin didn't respond to a request for comment either. The White House hasn't publicly acknowledged any calls between Mr. Sullivan and any senior Russian officials since March. The unpublicized discussions come as traditional diplomatic contacts between Washington and Moscow have dwindled. Mr. Putin and his aides have hinted he might resort to using nuclear arms to protect Russian territory, as well as gains made in his invasion of Ukraine this year. Despite its support for Ukraine and punitive measures against Russia for the invasion, 
The White House has said that maintaining some level of contact with Moscow is imperative for achieving certain mutual national security interests. Several U.S. officials said that Mr. Sullivan is known within the administration as pushing for a line of communication with Russia, even as other top policymakers feel that talks in the current diplomatic and military environment wouldn't be fruitful. Officials didn't provide the precise dates and number of the calls or say whether they had been productive. But this could also be the result of that letter from the Progressive Caucus a week or two ago. The White House is feeling pressure to at least leak out that we're doing something to try to have diplomatic uh, relations with Russia and to bring this to a close. Now, of course, the speculation is that they don't really want to bring it to a close. They want to keep... Uh, throwing money at the military-industrial complex and feeding the beast, which I believe that does play into it. Moving from Russia to Iran, I want to give you an update on the uprising. We have protesters doing something completely based Watch as these protesters go knock off the turbans of clerics. Audio? Ah, uh, there aren't any. There's not any audio. Oh man, is this only the one video? Hold on, there's more. Young Iranians are filming themselves knocking at turbans off clerics' heads to protest the country's draconian hijab mandate. If you'll give me just a second, let me find you a video that has far more of this. Maybe. I can't believe I didn't use the other video now. My apologies. Yeah. Hold on. Sorry for taking so long. Here we go. There's a young man slapping the turban off. It had some weird music under it. That's why I didn't use this video. This is days after the Iranian woman killed in police custody for bad hijab. What this is worded wrong. Masha Amani, which this has been about five or six weeks ago now. The uprising continues. I'm loving the knocking turbans of a clerics. They only had one video, but at least it was a different video than the uh, 
New York Post had. This is the Times Now of India, I believe. 1,000 people were arrested in Tehran alone. Oh, here's more. Here's more. There's a dude knocking a turban off. Oh, that's the same one from earlier. God damn it. It was more. Massive demonstrations took over the country. Men and women alike protested against Iranian moral police's brutality. Well, we got two videos of them knocking off turbans. They're showing the same one again. We need a supercut of that. We need a supercut of people knocking off turbans on social media. Alright, this is a story I brought up a couple nights ago and didn't actually get a chance to go into. One night I skipped it because we were doing like a debate. Then we had the Biden speech. And I skipped around and I just, I didn't mean to skip over this because I really wanted to talk about this. This reporting from The Intercept leaked documents outline the Department of Homeland Security's plans to police disinformation. So we heard about the disinformation board and all the right-wing attacks on it earlier in the year. But now we actually have some real reporting that I, I want to highlight. The Department of Homeland Security, this is in The Intercept by Clint Klippenstein and Lee Fang. They do amazing work. I'm going to put the entire article, because we might not read the whole thing. I'm going to put the entire article in the chat. The Department of Homeland Security is quietly broadening its efforts to curb speech it considers dangerous. An investigation by The Intercept has found years of internal DHS memos. Now remember, the right-wingers tried to frame this as the Biden administration cracking down on Republican dissent. And that's not at all what's going on here. Not at all what's going on. The Department of Homeland Security is quietly broadening its efforts to curb speech it considers dangerous. An investigation by The Intercept has found years of internal DHS memos, emails, and documents attained via leaks and an ongoing lawsuit, as well as public documents, illustrate its expansive effort by the agency to influence tech platforms. The work, much of which remains unknown to the American public, came into clearer view earlier this year when DHS announced a new disinformation governance board panel designed to police misinformation, false information spread unintentionally, disinformation, false information spread intentionally, and malinformation, factual information shared typically out of context with harmful intent that allegedly threatens U.S. interests. While the board was widely ridiculed, immediately scaled back and then shut down within a few months, other initiatives are underway as DHS pivots to monitoring social media now that its original mandate, the war on terror, has been wound down. I do want to point out the Department of Homeland Security is nowhere near as old as I am. It has pretty much only existed during my adult years. We could do away with the Department of Homeland Security. 
Behind closed doors and through pressure on private platforms, the U.S. government has used its power to try to shape online discourse. According to meeting minutes and other records uh, appended to a lawsuit filed by the Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, a Republican who is also running for Senate, discussions have ranged from the scale and scope of government uh, intervention in online discourse to the mechanics of streamlining takedown requests for false or intentionally misleading information. Platforms have got to get comfortable with government. It's really interesting how hesitant they remain. Microsoft executive Matt Matterson, a former DHS official, texted Jen Easterly, a DHS director, in February. March meeting, Laura Dimlau, an FBI official, warned that the threat of subversive information on social media could undermine support for the U.S. government. Dimlau, according to notes of the discussion attended by senior executives from Twitter and J.P. Morgan Chase, stressed that we need a media infrastructure that is held accountable. We do not coordinate with other entities when making content moderation decisions, and we independently evaluate content in line with Twitter rules, a spokesperson for Twitter wrote in a statement to The Intercept. Now, this was pre-Elon Musk. There is also a formalized process for government officials to directly flag content on Facebook or Instagram and request that it be throttled or suppressed through a special Facebook portal that requires a government or law enforcement email to use. At the time of writing, the content request system at Facebook.com x takedowns slash login is still live. It is indeed still live. DHS and Meta, the parent company of Facebook, did not respond to a request for comment. The FBI declined to comment. DHS's mission to fight disinformation stemming from concerns around Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election began taking shape during the 2020 election and over efforts to shape discussions around vaccine policy during the coronavirus pandemic. Documents collected by The Intercept from a variety of sources, including current officials and publicly available reports, reveal the evolution of more active measures by DHS. According to a draft copy of DHS's Quadrennial Homeland Security Review, DHS's capstone report outlining the department's strategy and priorities in the coming years, the department plans to target inaccurate information on a wide range of topics, including the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic and the efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines, racial justice, U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, and the nature of U.S. support to Ukraine. I do want to point out that there are a lot of right-wingers saying that a new report confirms a lab leak theory. That is not true. That report is a Senate Republican report. And is almost certainly bullshit. Challenge in particularly acute in marginalized communities, the report states which are often the targets of false or misleading information, such as false information on uh, voting procedures targeting people of color. I have nothing wrong with an agency trying to go after these these shit-ass election campaigns that are are stopping people from voting. But I think The Intercept is on to something a little more nefarious. And we know how structures like this can be used against leftist movements. 
We're going to have to take a commercial break here. I highly encourage you to read the Intercept article. When we come back, we're going to be doing sports. I'm going to find out who Kyrie Irving is and why I should care about him and why the NBA has suspended him. Nets have suspended him. A sporty ball player has blamed Jill Biden for, I guess, the Phillies lost the World Series. I don't know. Something really based happened at Dodger Stadium a few days ago. Plus, we're going to get some images from NASA's Insight. All that and more on the other side of the break here on the Troll Patrol Live. We live in turbulent times. The media is full of deception, conspiracy theories, and fake news. Now, more than ever, it is important to ensure you're getting information from a source that's freaking reliable. I'm Justin Mullins, and this is the Freaking News. Get a breaking or interesting story with a humorous twist in about a minute, weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, on YouTube, BitChute, Odyssey, and more. I'm Justin Freakin. I'm a leftist broadcaster and comedian. Not liberal. Leftist. And despite what you may have heard from right-wing propaganda, George Soros isn't handing out Soros bucks and funding people like me. There are no Koch brothers, Mercers, or any number of right-wing think tanks funding content on the left side of the spectrum the way they fund people like Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, and Dennis Prager. And YouTube doesn't monetize videos that are controversial or deal with politics unless you're someone like Steven Crowder. So this is an ultimatum. Become a patron. Support my Patreon. Or I'm going to become a right-winger and get some of that easy money. You know for a fact that I could be bigger than Charlie Kirk or Jesse Lee Peterson. Amazing! All I have to do is talk about how I used to be an SJW snowflake, but the left went too far with their cultural Marxism, and Republicans are stupid enough to buy it 
even though this video exists. And you know I'm right, so give me your money or I'm selling you out. Apparently my anus is going to be visible. It's going to be at its most visible point from Earth. Prager U citations? No way. Was every citation just like the, the Dennis Prager show? We heard it on the, on the Dennis Prager show. My anus is going to be visible. You live in sexual anarchy. I was going to put a meme up for you, but I didn't put a meme up. This is this is just an ad for the World Trade Center. I think it was from like, it was probably the 70s or maybe the early 80s. It may be a meme. Somebody may have made this. Or it could just be an ad for the World Trade Center. It says the closest some of us will ever get to heaven. I couldn't I couldn't save this, you know, till next September. I had to share this with you now. Just cuz it made me laugh so hard. I'm a horrible person. Heaven isn't too far away. Not high enough for the ship. They stole that song. I'll never forget the the song is called Spirit, or the song is called Taurus. The band's name is Taurus or the band's name is Spirit. One or the other. It's Spirit by Taurus or Taurus by Spirit. You listen you listen to that fucking song and you're like, well, that's totally Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, it's only like two minutes long. It, it's only the do-do-do-do-do. Taurus by Spirit. That's the name of the band. Thank you, Voodoo. Like it's it's only like the melody, but you're you listen to it and you're like, my god, that's the fucking melody to Stairway to Heaven. Like it's not a foot like it's not, you know the epic masterpiece that some people would, would call the Led Zeppelin version, but like he definitely rips them off. You know, I've never listened to it backwards. Is there anything to it? I just assume it sounded, uh, uh, my nightlight on an hour earlier. But do you mean the nightlight on my computer? Uh, cause I already, I already had it set to come on at like six o'clock. I come on at eight o'clock. It comes on. The time on my computer automatically changed. What the hell? 
DM, we already did that story. We already were well past that in the show. You can't just come in and like, do you, like, here's the problem with you, dude, is you don't understand, like, you come in here just to fucking hear yourself talk. You don't actually come in here and consume the content I create. You have no clue what this show is about, what we do here. And it's kind of fucking annoying. It says, oh, sweet Satan, very clearly. No way. No way. Will I get copyright if I listen to this backwards? I'm sure it's on YouTube backwards, right? Or do you only get the effect if you're like on a on a on a record player with a with a certain uh, a speed on the needle or what the fuck ever? Do we have to listen to the whole thing? Surely I wouldn't get copyright on it, right? No, it totally does do a copyright. Motherfucker. Yeah, imagine getting a DMCA for a song they fucking stole. Unfortunately, I don't think... uh, was Spirit the name of the band? You guys, t- Voodoo told me just a second ago. Uh, Spirit has sued multiple times. I don't think they won that last time either. They, they've tried their best to fucking get compensation for it. They really did get ripped off. Because it, like you can't say that Jimmy Page never heard them because they opened for Led Zeppelin. <laughs> so... Like, the idea that Jimmy Page had never heard the song is just preposterous. That's unfortunate, but Led Zeppelin has been sued multiple times and had to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, that's what I thought they lost the last time. And I don't know how. I don't, you listen to those two songs and you're like, yep, they ripped them off. They deserve credit, and and Led Zeppelin has had to give credit to multiple, uh, you don't love fucking rock and roll, you don't know shit about anything, dude. God, I hate you so much, you rape apologist lying sack of shit. I do not like you at all. As if I haven't made that perfectly clear. I find you to be insufferable. I think you are stupid. I think you're a fool. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Just just to make it absolutely perfectly clear. He accused me of calling him a pedophile in the Discord, and I was like, I can't possibly think you're a pedophile because I think you're a fucking incel because nobody would ever let you touch their genitals, you fucking loser. <laughs> this, this kid, this kid wishes he lived in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? And if anybody thinks I'm being really hard on him, Go read the Discord. Go read the Discord, please. (laughs) 
Anyway, we've got news, sports news, sports news to talk. We got sports news and nerd news to talk about. Thank you very much. I have no clue who Kyrie Irving is, but apparently he's an anti-Semite. Let's find out, shall we? You guys are finding out with me. I know very little about what is going on, but but I need to preface this because we've tried to watch ESPN pieces before here on this show, and they really seem geared towards people who already know what the fuck is going on and not like a self-contained little piece that's going to explain to me, an idiot who doesn't watch the sporty ball, what's happening. But apparently Kyrie Irving plays for the Nets that are in New Jersey. Something about sharing a movie that was highly anti-Semitic. Amazon is apparently wanting to uh, put a disclaimer on the movie. What more can you tell us about the decision to suspend Kyrie Irving? Yeah, Shay, I think uh, the, the Nets felt they had no alternative left after spending a week trying to work with Kyrie Irving, uh, educate him uh, on the impact that uh, his promotion of that hateful, essentially hateful anti-Semitic documentary uh, shared on his platform had had on on the world. And and so I think for the Nets, the NBA, you know, they... They were yeah, that's what I was getting ready to ask. Can somebody uh, in the chat tell me what movie it was? Tenable situation with Kyrie Irving, and I think the Nets realized after two attempts in in public. Uh, okay, is this the dude that uh, I think he was suspended for a few games over being anti-vax, or he just made a big deal about it? With the media, the fact that Kyrie Irving would not uh, denounce. Uh, okay, okay. I was going to look it up and, and and see what I thought about it, but just the title, just the title pretty much uh, uh, tells me where it's going. <laughs> Reverse thread, good evening. That movie would not apologize uh, for, uh, I think, the uh, his role in promoting and, and, and certainly really hurting people uh, in... Uh, in the community, uh, this is a situation, I think, for Brooklyn now. So, yeah, apparently it's one of these black Hebrew Israelites, which we've run into. The, those those motherfuckers are nuts. We've ran into them many times. Critics say that the film is filled with anti-Semitic tropes, Holocaust denial, and claims of an international Jewish conspiracy. Uh, where a five-game suspension without pay minimally... Uh, and I, as they say, I go fab. Good evening. Going to have, uh, he's going to have to uh, remedy this situation. And th- I think right now, his future in Brooklyn, I think it's fair to say, is unclear because he has shown. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah. I called them the New Jersey Nets. That's right. They moved to Brooklyn. And let's uh, let's talk about how um, how problematic it might be to have a player who is anti-Semitic in Brooklyn. So far, a resolve, a resistance uh, to not apologize uh, and to not denounce uh, what is in 
that movie. And so I think for Brooklyn, they were in a position now, uh, I think, where they, where they had to suspend Kyrie Irving. The environment around the team, I think it was unsustainable. And there certainly had been the, the impact, not just on the team and the basketball, I think the smallest part of it, but the organization, the, the community uh, in Brooklyn, in New York. And I think for the NBA, uh, this was a story and a situation that was not going to go away. And Brooklyn, again, I think uh, Joe Sy, their owner, uh, thought that he could uh, educate Kyrie Irving on the impact uh, that this entire uh, saga had had on people and just ultimately felt like they did not reach him. And now, finally, after a week, uh, there's a punishment. Five games without pay, minimally, for Kyrie Irving. I still, that didn't really... ESPN did not do a good job explaining to me exactly what was going on, but good enough. That movie is clearly problematic. So, I don't know. And once again, Brooklyn. Him being in Brooklyn is kind of an issue. Uh, is that one of the largest concentrations of, of a Jewish community in the country? In Brooklyn? <laughs> so, having him play for the, the basketball team there is kind of a thing. Wait, he thinks he's Jewish because he's one of the black Israel. That's right. But you can't think you're Jewish. I, this whole thing, this, oh, I don't even, I shouldn't even touch this, should I? (laughs) I shouldn't even touch this. Yeah, let's move on to something else. Let's move on to baseball. We're still doing we're still doing sports tonight. XMLB star Lenny Dykstra pins Phillies World Series struggles on Jill Biden's appearance. Dykstra suggested that Biden's appearance at Citi- <laughs> So the black Israelites, they think they migrated. Like through the Bering Strait or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I, I I can't even recap this whole fucking conspiracy theory. We need to ask producer Dave about this. Oh, it'll be the Plex when we go over there. Perhaps I'll jump on during red light and we'll see if we can have producer Dave explain to to me explain to me the black Israelite conspiracies. Really nailed down on because like it's not that's not my wheelhouse. It's not my bailiwick. That is not my bailiwick. Why well, say wheelhouse when you can say bailiwick? <laughs> Ex MLB star Lenny Dykstra pins Phillies World Series struggles on Jill Biden's appearance. Philadelphia Phillies. Fox is calling him a great. Lenny Dykstra took a swipe at First Lady Jill Biden following the team's World Series Game 6 loss 
to the Houston Astros on Saturday. I wouldn't have even been able to tell you that it was Houston and Philly. Dykstra suggested that, that, that Jill Biden's appearance at Citizens Bank Ballpark in Philadelphia for Game 4 of the World Series on Wednesday was part of the reason why the Phillies lost. Philadelphia was no hit by the Astros in Game 4, and Houston took a pivotal Game 5 and the lead back to Minute Maid Park. I have no clue what I just said. Better luck next time, hashtag Phillies. Might be better off rolling out that red carpet for Lenny Dykstra instead of Dr. Jill Biden. Nine hits in three games since she showed up, Dykstra wrote. Phillies were leading the World Series 2-1 until the no-hitter changed the momentum for the Astros. Biden on Wednesday joined the stand-up to cancer tribute. My God, she was there doing a cancer tribute. This asshole goes to Twitter to bitch about her. He arrived at the stadium just before the tribute, which occurred after the Astros scored five runs in the inning to take the 5-0 lead. The team didn't look back from there. Not the best photo of Jill. Did she she received booze? Do we have video? No, it's just headlines. God damn it, Fox. Echoplex media boo. Oh shit. Oh yeah, here we go, here we go. Uh Shut up, Fox. Did they boo her? There you go. That's the reason why uh, the Eagles. Wait a minute. I thought we were doing baseball. And I still didn't see video of her getting booed. Just tweets saying she got booed. They should have shouted, DM's a dumb fuck. Dumb motherfucker, that's what DM stands for. But apparently something based did happen at the sporty ball game this week. I know nothing about this shit. I will give props to the fans who unfurled trans people deserve to live banner during the World Series Game 5. Apparently the staff at the ballpark rushed to take it down. But props to the people who put the banner up. During the fifth inning of World Series Game 5 between the Red Sox and the Dodgers, a group of fans in the upper deck of Dodger Stadium unfurled a banner that read, Trans people deserve to live. It was a pretty large piece of signage, so whoever, uh, however they snuck it through security without any trouble, and it was probably impressive. <laughs>
the banner? Can we see the banner? Oh, this is them. This is them putting it out. Hell yeah. We've got the we've got the inside video here. This is them unfurling the banner. I fire hazard or something probably. Yeah, mad props to these fucks. Love you guys. It is taking them a while to unfurl it. I want to watch him toss it down. I want to see the reaction. I mean, they did a good job attaching it. They didn't. They didn't do no shit job. Here they go. Boom. Let's see how long it takes them to uh, come over and get it. It is every bit, what? Maybe 30 foot by 20 foot? I mean, it is huge. I don't I don't have a really good grasp on on like size what she said You live in sexual anarchy About 20 seats are up wide that's a good estimate there voodoo And like it sounds like it's getting cheered This dude doesn't look impressed. But overall, it seems like the the crowd is cheering for it. I think the I think the woman in the front row there that wasn't part of the group was asking what it said, and like one of the people said, uh, "It says, will you marry me?'" No, they're just activists. I've got news for you, psycho fap. Activists on the left side don't get paid to do shit because why would they? Activists on the left do things because uh, they believe in the cause. I believe we are, are watching this uh, on an account called Trans Latina. I would assume that's probably her on the on the right side of the flag. 
Most activists are poor, actually, because they understand what it's like to be poor. Exactly. Still, I'm still waiting for my Soros box, yes. They unfurled it and left. It looks like we're not even going get, to get to see the... Did they, did they escort him out? Talk to us. Oh, man. I was hoping she was going to talk to us. That is possible. Yeah, you are right. When they catch people on the field, they do not fuck around. We saw that just the other day. like they're antagonizing the pigs. They go out and blend in with the crowd and now they're going to go back and, and watch them take it down perhaps? I go fab, I have no idea what you're saying. Is the way out that way? Is the way out that way? I apologize, but like I'm not following what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Thank you. They made it out safely. Oh my god, it, it was like fucking crazy. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People pay for that kind of advertising. Oh, out by security? Oh, cool. That was good! Power to you, ladies. 
Well, that was it. <laughs> oh, see? Yeah. How do you know? Oh, really? Oh. They were recording it. Oh, yeah, they were recording it. So, yeah, that's, you got your sports stories tonight. We, da we dabble in sports from time to time when sports dabbles in politics. Here on the Troll Patrol. NASA's insight Mars Lander has just weeks left to live. The story was from four days ago. I'm going to show you uh, what I believe was shared out in the last day or two. Uh, what might be its last image it's able to submit back. The solar-powered inside is being uh, choked by Martian dust. The end is nigh for NASA's Mars Quake Hunter. So much dust is choking off the solar power supply to NASA's InSight lander that the Mars mission, which is operating well past its ex expiration date, is expected to fall silent very soon. The spacecraft's power generation continues to decline as wind-blown dust on its solar panels thickens so the team has taken steps to continue as long as possible with what remains, NASA officials wrote in an update on Tuesday. The end is expected to come within the next few weeks. Than we had ever dreamed that we would get during the course of this mission. InSight's primary goal was to better understand how the terrestrial planets, the rocky planets, uh, formed and evolved. First, we landed an incredibly sensitive seismometer on the surface of Mars, and with that we are able to record over 1,300 Mars quakes. And these range all the way from tiny little temblers that just barely go over the noise background to a handful of quakes that were larger than magnitude 4. And feeling those vibrations, the scientists can actually take that information and use that to reconstruct all the material that those Mars quakes traveled through and thereby see the interior of the planet. Ooh, neat. At its core, which is big and not very dense. We looked at its mantle, which is not so hot. And we looked at its crust, which is not too thick and not too dense compared to some of our pre-mission expectations. By measuring the detailed structure of the inside of Mars, it gives us a snapshot of what the planet looked like four and a half billion years ago. The other thing that we've been able to do is make a very detailed record of the weather at Mars. So we have a really good weather station, which has allowed meteorologists to study the, the weather at the, at the InSight landing site and relate that to the climate changes on Mars. What we didn't do, unfortunately, was make the heat flow measurement we wanted to make. Our heat flow probe was supposed to get three to five meters down, and we were unable to reach that depth. But we were able to get some of those measurements, such as the heat transfer amongst the soil. InSight is a solar-powered mission. We have solar panels, and they were designed to give us enough power to easily get through the first two years. Mars is light and flaky. dust in Mars' atmosphere, and that's falling down on top of our solar arrays and slowly blocking the sun. As the panels are getting dustier, we started racking our brains with whether there's anything we can do to try to clean off those panels ourselves. 
I did they not realize that that would be an issue and have some sort of a, a fan mechanism that could blow off the dust? And the idea of using dirt to clean the solar arrays was first proposed. It seemed counterintuitive. We were actually able to use the arm and the scoop to scoop up some soil from the ground and dump it over the lander, having some of that heavier sand blow onto the arrays and knock some of the dust off. So we essentially used it as an array cleaning tool. Cleaning with dirt actually worked. It allowed us to actually keep the instruments going during the low power season where the, the Mars is farthest from the sun during the winter. Unfortunately, later this summer, we think that the power is going to be dropping so quickly due to uh, the atmosphere getting dustier, due to the uh, alignment of Mars and the sun. We're going to be at a point where we can no longer have all of our instruments on, which means we'll be turning off the seismometer and other instruments on board. The last day is going to be bittersweet. Uh, obviously, we're preparing for it. We know it's coming. But that first moment where we don't hear from the lander when we expect to, that's going to be tough. Uh, it's left a permanent mark on me. I literally tattooed Insight onto my arm. I'll never let it go. We've really rewritten sort of the, the chapter of the encyclopedia on the interior of Mars. That was our last big hole in our understanding of the planet. He said There's big hole. There's a lot of data that people are going to be looking at for decades to come. We accomplished so many of our science goals, and we're going to have something to look back on and be proud. Sudden Apollo, good evening, my friend. So that's the story of Insight. This is possibly the last picture. Um, it might not be, but they think this could be the last picture. So I thought that was pretty cool. It does look really fucking dusty. We don't spend enough on space by far. You want a fluffy puppers? Fluffy puffers. Puffy fluffers. Fluffy puffers. Look at that baby. Who's gonna who's gonna use the broom? <laughs> I like it would seem like they would have some sort of like, you know, exhaust there to kind of blow something blow off the panels. Battle Opossum, I, I totally think he was trolling. He wanted to get that response. Look at how adorable. Cost too much power to do that? That's possible. I'm I'm sure I would assume they've thought about that, right? They're rocket scientists. Yes, the rocket scientists at NASA are idiots, and DM 
the dumbest person I've ever met <laughs> is right. <laughs> okay, they've got engineers there, Mox. I mean, I was just, I was just, I was just bullshit. <laughs> I'm, I'm just. DM is like the herpes, just keeps coming back. It's just really itchy. Not really, not really uh, a problem per se. It's just like a constant itch. Not really anything to get your panties in a wad about. But slightly annoying. That's DM. That has been DM in my life. Somebody made a Uranus joke earlier, and they might not have even been joking. Like tonight, Uranus might be the most visible. Or they could have been like I. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we didn't even get up to anything fun to earn him. Oh, Uranus is in opposition on the ninth. Okay. So th this was not a joke. You live in sexual anarchy. You don't necessarily have to get up to the sex get the herpes either herpes can be transmitted in other ways just to be factual I mean you're like most commonly transmitted through sex I'm and he said something over here in the discord and like I see it and I haven't read what it is I'm sure it's bullshit whatever the fuck he said is bullshit I'm not I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I can't clip the show for YouTube. I don't really have anything in like making thumbnails and clipping the show is the is the biggest, you know time investment when it comes to YouTube. Don't have to do it now, so hopefully we'll get YouTube back tomorrow. I I am going to bother them. Until I make the best thumbnails, that's part of it's part of the reason why. Like I showed you guys, showed you the growth. That's Matt Walsh and Vosh talking about me back in March. That's been the last two months. So like fucking like I've been doing well, and part of it has been like the banging thumbnails I make, like this one. Look at that. Come on. The roar and snore event with the lion with the load that cracked me up. This is this is the sleeper of a freaking news I made. Roar and snore event. The fucking <laughs> was uh, Rush Limbaugh, the greatest radio personality of all time, and Wolfman Jack, like who want chop liver? <laughs> the uh. 
the the fucking Doug Bulldog talking about the the kids having to shit in the litter boxes, and I put his head on a cat, gave him gave him cat boy ears. I cracked myself up. Look at the, look at Doctor Oz and his puppy murder. No puppies were hurt in the making of this thumbnail. That puppy is asleep, but it lo- it looks like Doctor Oz murdered him. Check this one out. Like so, I I photoshopped his hands on this one. I photoshopped his hands so that you'd be able to see them. They're actually smaller than that. I made them bigger so you'd be able to see them. Lula laughing while Bolsonaro is uh, is crying in the background. Uh, Joe O'Day with his uh, Pinocchio nose on him. I'm, seriously, I'm killing it with the thumbnail game. The Pelosi attacker. This is one of my favorites. Oh, it's being... I got so many I've got so many up now it's being shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, never mind. There's a Pelosi attacker. I don't know, everything might have froze up on me. I got too many thumbnails up. The the thumbnails were too powerful. The the thumbnails were too powerful. Your favorite was, uh, me Trump DJing. I cover everything, DM. That's why, like, oh my God, you covered something that was in the news? Yes, I do the news every night. Well, not every night. Every night is wrong, Sunday through Thursday. Friday nights we do news, but it's not like hard news. Look at that puppy. I it was it was Trump. I'm sorry. I did go through him kind of fast. He was he was DJing at Mar a Lago party. I did the I did the Rick and Morty thing with the ramp. <laughs> I didn't spend much time on it. I just kind of threw this one together. Yeah, it was the Mar-a-Lago Halloween party. Really gets their dick hard, Morty. That was the, that's the last video I was able to, to post to YouTube. Yeah, my computer's getting wonky. I need to go ahead and dump you guys out. Where's our animal video? We'll go back to it. Fucking Windows. Echoplex on already? Oh, yeah, Echoplex on. If you're if you're watching on Twitch, we're heading over to Echoplex Media. If I can spell it correctly. Producer Dave. I take real good care of you tonight. Yeah, how am I banned on YouTube when Crowder's still on? Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's alright to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. 
for you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol live. And we might do the Trump rally at 8 o'clock from Dayton, Ohio that I thought was tonight, but is actually tomorrow night. Peace.